I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Marmoneal Property with John Pigeon. Today I'm going solo, I've gone rogue. I'm going to talk to you about what you would do if you were 18 again. Wow, scary thought, huh? Have a think about what you might be doing if you had your time again, but I'm going to tell you what I would be doing. The things I thought I've done okay, but the things that I would have uh, changed going forward again if I had my time again as a young buck, a young 18-year-old. So let's get into it. All right, so I'm going to roll off 10 pieces of advice for myself that I would share with my 18-year-old self. Now, for me, when I was 18, just taken off to university and I was living away from home for the first time, right? So it was a pretty uh, daunting experience as an 18-year-old, but it taught me an awesome lesson and that was that lesson of independence. So for reference, that was back in 1995, right? Now, the internet wasn't around back then, so that's how long ago it was. Now, a lot of things change now because of the amount of material and, and information that we can gather at our fingertips. But let me roll in with some basics that I would have changed and hopefully you can get some inspiration from this. If you're sitting here, you might be 18 yourself, you might be in your 20s, you might even be in your 30s, you might even be as old as me, right? And we've maybe still got some habits that we might like to change in some way, shape or form. Because I I don't know about you, but I'm always thinking about ways that I can improve in any year of my life, right? So it was a it was a good exercise that I wanted to do today because it just gave me again uh, another reality check of things that I can be continuing to improve on. Now, no particular order. Number one was don't waste money, right? And now to give you a preframe to this. I probably started working on the farm when I was like eight, nine, ten years of age. Just general jobs around the farm, helping dad, and probably wasn't well. I wasn't paid for it. It was just what you have to do as a, as a kid growing up on the farm. For anyone that's on the farm now or had been on, growing up on the farm, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. But my first paid type of employment came when I was around 14, right? Now, some of the things that I did between the years of 14 and 18 were, were jobs that I don't think anyone would want to do. And, and if I asked my kids to do them today, they would, they would tell me where to go. Probably not uh, literally, but they'd be thinking that. So rousing in a shearing shed was one of them, right? Now, for those that don't know what that is, that's basically you're shearing sheep and you need someone in the shed that's going to clean up after the shearers. So get the wool away, sweep the floors, etc. Right. So not the best job, but as a 14-year-old, it paid very well. Also went chook catching. Right now, you might be having a laugh about this as I do, but chook catching in the middle of the night to um, to take them off to wherever they need to go. So again, not many people wanted to do that. As a result, it also paid pretty well. In the summer, uh, when I 
I had school holidays. I went up to Mildura around Redcliffe's Way and went grape picking, right? Now, 40-degree heat, out in the sun all day, picking grapes off trees, not the most exciting thing to do either. Uh, no uh, ear pods back then, so I wasn't listening to music or anything. It was just the grind in 45-degree heat. So that didn't pay that well either, hence I didn't do that for too many years. Driving tractors for other farmers, that was something that I could do when I wasn't working on the farm myself. And then Dad started uh, a veggie garden down the back and I said, look, Dad, can I help you out? How can we generate an income from this? And I rode my bike into town and sold our tomatoes to the local cafe, right? So <laughs> I'm not sure. I think he just felt bad for me and uh, and just bought them off me anyway. I don't know if he ever put them on the shelf to sell to the public, but in any case, it was a great initiation to I suppose, the consumer, the wide world of having a product and then on selling it to someone else that might want that particular commodity, right? So at 14 years of age through to about 18, they, they were some of the jobs that I was doing and then went to work on the silos in the in uh, summer months in, um, in uni break and that paid very well as well. So one thing that I was doing was making sure that I was earning good money for the time that I spent there. But man, did I waste some money. I bought some things with the money. I didn't have a savings plan. When I got into my 20s, I started to obviously go out and uh, with friends and family and parties and things like that and just didn't have a system. Okay. So if I had my time again, point one, and I'm laboring on about this, I know, but we don't waste the money. We've got to have a system in place that says, right, I'm going to save 40%, 50%, 20%, whatever it is, and then I'm going to carve off the rest to enjoy. And and thankfully, fast forward to today, my 14-year-old has just started working coincidentally, same age as when I started. We've got a system set up for him and he doesn't blink an eyelid. He knows what the, the percentage is and he puts that away or we put it away for him into the bank and he gets to enjoy the remainder amount. So he's already got really good principles, which is unbelievable at, at that age. And I think most kids growing up now should have that concept because back when I was um, coming through, my parents weren't talking about that. They weren't teaching me that and, and no disrespect to them, but it just wasn't the done thing. I think we're a lot more aware now, but yeah, it, it's a great concept. So if I had my time again, I would have saved a hell of a lot more money, a hell of a lot more, right? My second point is a similar lines to that and that is have an emergency fund, right? So I was never thinking what can go wrong in my life, right? You, as you probably realize and, and you guys going through life when you're 18, 19, 20, 22, 24, 26, 30, you feel as though you, you may be bulletproof and, you, and nothing will go wrong, right? So having an emergency fund is extremely important. And if I had my time again, I definitely have one up my sleeve. I didn't know what one was. No one ever taught me that uh, we needed something up our sleeve as a buffer. So I would definitely have a, a chunk amount that would sit in a separate savings account, uh, not for me to touch and would be there if, um, for example, the, the car broke down or I needed to replace tires and I didn't have the funds for it, etc. So yeah, emergency fund 101 would be the second one. 
The third one would be, and it probably coincides again with the, the, the first point of not wasting money, is to just have a structure. And, and I spoke about my 14-year-old Max who's just started working. We've got a percentage and that percentage at the minute is, is, uh, is quite stringent. He's spending 20% and we're saving 80%, which again might seem a little bit on the harsher end, but he's comfortable with that, so I'm running with it. We would definitely, if I had my time again, I'd definitely have a structure to say, right, I'm saving X amount first and then the rest is put away for a, for a rainy day. Now, that rainy day is quite boring when you're young, but what I'm doing with him is that money's put aside, not for his first house or anything, uh, big ticket items like that, but things that he might like that are big tickets in his life, like he, he wanted a a good um, quality mountain bike, right? So he was putting his money away for that and he's been able to just in the last month um, go and get himself one of those secondhand but uh, a lot more than I've ever spent on a bike at his age. So uh, having that concept there to be able to do that motivates him because it's not ultra long-term and the, the next one he's got on his list is the first car or the first ute in his words. So that's the next target, which he can see into the distance. It's only three years away. So he knows that if he puts away X amount of money, he's going to have what he would uh, like. And the beauty of the the internet is he can see exactly what something's worth today, what he'd like to drive, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, going back to his age and then even 18 and into my 20s, having a structure to say, this is what I'm earning, this is the percentage that I'm saving, and then the rest is put away for bills in life once I move out onto my own, but then ultimately having that structure that is um, that's I stick to relative to what you are turning over. So the percentage remains the same and it's easy to calculate. Now, the fourth one, this is a very big mistake, a very big mistake for people that are building a property portfolio and that is hold on to property and I'm probably guilty at least three times of selling property when I probably didn't need to or didn't need to, right? I sold the properties because I could see the short-term gain of, okay, if I sell this property, I'm going to have X amount of money in the bank to go and do X, Y, and Z with. And some of that was discretional spending and I've got nothing to show for that today, right? So, uh, yeah, great outcome from the property investing side of things, but how much greater would it have been if I had just held on to those properties for that little bit longer or, or even if I held them today, right? They'd be considerably paid down. They'd be extremely cash flow positive. They'd be funding a good chunk of my life. But instead, I sold it, took the short-term gain, uh, went and spent majority of it. I think on one occasion, I reinvested that money into shares and, and also deposit for a property, um, another one. But yeah, if I had my time again, I would have loved to have, have had someone look over my situation strategically. I suppose similar to the clarity calls that I do and say, hang on, John, you got rocks in your head. Why are you selling this? Because I wouldn't have had a valid reason to sell that particular property at that time, nine times out of 10. So if I had my time again, would have held more property than I did over the journey. 
Now, this one, number five, is something that a lot of people won't agree with, but and, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the life and the journey that I've taken. And um, people say, if you had your time again, what would you change? Well, that's the premise of the whole episode. But I actually wouldn't have gone to university. Now, let me give you the backstory behind that. Because when I was in year 12, uh, all my friends, some of them were going to stay local on the on the farm or or just work locally because they loved the area and, and everything else. And another cohort of my friends were going away to university, the smart ones, right? That Because that's what their parents had done and that's what they were doing and that's what they wanted to do and, and passionate about that. I was stuck in the middle where I'm sitting down with the careers teacher and I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. Okay, what are you passionate about, John? Well, I'm passionate about health and fitness and sport and, and I just want to play footy, right? But I'm not good enough. So she said, well, why don't you go and be a teacher? I'm like, okay, well, I could be a phys ed teacher. Yeah, no, that sounds all right. I could be, uh, um, I'd live my passion of health and fitness and whatever else. And I walked away thinking, yeah, that's okay, but I'm not extremely excited by that. Um, but there was this internal or external pressure, not sure at the time, but there was that, okay, why aren't you going to university type conversation I was having with general people around. I'm like, okay, if I go to uni, people perceiving that as that's a win. That's that's great that you're going away to uni and getting yourself extra studies, right? Now, if I go back to the start of this conversation, these are 10 things that I would change if my number one focus was to build a successful property portfolio, right? So aside from all the outcomes that I've got from going to university and everything else, if my number one focus was to build a property portfolio, and that's the sole focus, I would not have gone to university because it's four years of my life that, yeah, I was working part-time to get by, but I wasn't earning a full-time income that I could have if I'd only just gone away and started working a full-time job somewhere, whatever that may be, right? Now, in some cases, it's irrelevant what you're doing at that age. You just want to be trading time for money and getting a feel for what you're actually enjoying out there, okay? But don't get me wrong, love absolutely every minute of university, but it set me back four years. And I was, I was having this conversation, I may have mentioned on the podcast in previous episodes that I was having this conversation with a lady in Sydney who, same thing, woke up at 35, has a great amount of money in the bank, um, but the first five years of her adulthood, she was studying while her other friends were working a full-time job, saving money, buying their first home, right? she missed the full property cycle as a result of going to university. So if I had my time again, I absolutely uh, would have started working full-time, saved hard with the structures that I've mentioned before, got my emergency fund, don't waste the money and get myself a deposit as soon as possible. Okay. Now, I'm going to take a break, but I'm, when I come back, I'm going to talk to you about just in dollar figures, what that would have done for me and how that would have propelled my property portfolio quicker. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so what difference would that have made? Well, I went away to university in 1995. Uh, yep, 1995, went away to university and... If I had have worked a full-time job, I would have been saving at least at least $1,000 a month, if not more. That's $12,000 a year. Now, I bought my first property in 1999 with $6,000, okay? So I look back at that and saying, okay, so four years earlier, if I'd saved $12,000 for that year, I could have bought two of those properties. All right, now that's how cheap real estate was in the areas that we were living. Still relatively affordable, okay? but it would have been able to, in the first 12 months at, at 18 years of age or would have been 19 by that stage, I would have been able to get myself one, potentially two properties with the savings that I had as a result of going full-time into employment. Right Now, fast forward to 1999 when I bought that first property, that went up by about 50,000 in a three-year period, right? So as a result of having a few of those four years earlier, we would have been able to leverage that portfolio a lot quicker, okay? So that's my premise on not going to university. It's it's not coming from the point of view of, oh, I didn't learn anything, I didn't get a degree, I didn't, I wasn't able to trade my time for money at a higher price point, et cetera. I didn't get life experience. I didn't get independence. I got absolutely all of that. I, I don't regret that at all. But from the point of view of building a property portfolio, if this was my number one focus, university would have been off the table. Another groundbreaker. And again, absolutely don't regret majority of what I've done in business, but in the early stages. So when I finished university, I went and became a full-time teacher to 2003. I then started my own business in 2004 because I wanted to scratch that itch, right? From 2004 to 2009, that five-year period, I was getting by as a business owner, but I wasn't saving huge chunks of money. And that uh, some of that came down to structure and, and how I was running the business and convoluting personal with business and all those sort of things. But Again, if we had our time again, if I personally had my time again, not running a business and just continuing to work a full-time job, again, had that key concept of saving a chunk of money, not having to outlay money for a business, not having to focus my energy on building that business and just simply trading my time for money nine to five would have given me 
again, I believe, more savings potential, more focus, more energy on educating myself further to be able to take my portfolio to another level again. And remember that in the early stages, I would have been able to propel that quite quickly, but then taking it another level had I not gone and started my own business in 2000 and went to 2003, started 2004. Okay. So again, coming back to the focus, if that was my purely number one focus to grow a property portfolio, absolutely. That's what I would have done. However, I needed to scratch that itch. I needed to see what running a business was all about because it was this whole entrepreneurship and, and yeah, the, the wealthy people, the business owners and all those things that I was taught and told. Absolutely, I needed to go and do that and don't regret having that experience and being a business owner today is a, is a wonderful thing and, and wouldn't change a lot of that. But conceptually from 18 through to about 30, are the times where if I didn't go to university and I didn't start my own business, my property portfolio would have accelerated tenfold, I believe, as a result of just simply doing the basics, okay? Now, had I not had the basics of not wasting money, not having an emergency fund, not having a structure, not having a percentage of savings going away, then absolutely all of that would have been down the drain. So, making sure that I've ticked off the first three points or the first three recommendations here for myself, my 18-year-old self, uh, and then not going to uni, not starting a business, we then create some real outcome. I want to dig into now my property portfolio and the things that I wouldn't have done had I time again. All right. So this is number seven. So let's go back and just quickly run through the first six. Number one, don't waste money. Don't go out too much. Don't party so hard. Don't buy a brand new ute, all those things uh, that were wasting me money at the time. Number two, have emergency fund, understand the concept of that, build that up and have that sitting there for a rainy day always. Number three, structure, having a percentage of savings going out, enough to cover the bills and then the rest I enjoy as we preach and have done for the last five years on this podcast. Number four, hold property. I sold too many. And when I say too many, I think there's only two or three that I sold that I probably shouldn't have. So I would have held property longer to bear the fruits of those assets and not take the short-term gains. Number five, not going to university, taking those four years and absolutely just in uh, enjoying the concept of saving that money and getting into property sooner. Uh, number six, not starting my own business and again, trading my time for money, not having to outlay the big um, the, the business outlay and the and the time and the resources and the energy and the, and all that other stress that comes with starting up a, a business and running the business. Because essentially as a business owner, you don't know when you're going to get paid next, right? Which is sometimes a, a scary concept. Right. Number seven is going into our my property portfolio. Back in 2013, I bought an off-the-plan apartment in Brisbane. And I think I've spoken about this on the podcast. Not bitter about it. Uh, I, I wouldn't have done that if I had my time again. When I looked at the supply demand, when I looked at the type of asset that is in demand in Australian real estate, I just would have continued to buy land, right? Now, don't get me wrong, off the plan uh, apartments do work, but 
there is a large component of that particular asset class that doesn't work right now and mine was one of them. So if I had my time again, I just wouldn't have put my hard-earned into an asset class like that due to the supply demand, due to the fact that it's brand new and there was no real upside in that because it's on the, the 15th floor and it's brand new and it's only one bedroom. There's nowhere to go. Right. I, the only thing you can rely on essentially is capital growth and some depreciation, okay, which is not going to, to set you free by any means. Still hold it today, not bothering me at all other than my own ego. But yeah, if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that. Number eight, now, this is a bit of a random one. And I may or may not have had the cash to do it at the time, but I think if I was working that full-time job and not having to outlay for, for uni and for business, I probably would have been able to do it. I would have bought a place in everywhere that I'd lived. And some of the places that I visited, I also would have, right? For example, I did an Ironman in Bustleton in 2008, right? I definitely would have bought there at the time. Um, I did an Ironman in Port Macquarie in 2010, definitely would have bought there, right? Now, when I say would have bought, I would have bought some land and I would have bought a good quality house in a good location, affordability of course, but making sure the yield was okay. But if I'd have bought there, I look back 15 years and and uh, there's been some astronomical results as a result of that. And everywhere I've lived, pretty much same story. Now, a couple of times I, I did buy where I was, uh, where I was living that, at the time. Doesn't mean you have to live in it. It just simply means expose yourself to that real estate and that different market. What it does give you is diversification, which is really important. Uh, whether you live in it or not is is up to you. You've got capital gains tax um, benefits by doing that. But yeah, a, a real key concept is just understanding how quickly you can get back into real estate again. It's not the number of properties, but when it's got the mindset that you want to buy now and you've got the deposits, what's holding us back? And I think too many Australians are sitting there with a whole heap of equity in their portfolio or, or in their own rock more so, but not doing anything about it through either lack of skill or, or education or, or maybe risk profile. So yeah, that's tip number eight for John at 18 years of age. I, I definitely would have bought in more places. Number nine, continuing to revisit the long game. Right? Now, what I mean by that is sitting down every 12 months and looking back and saying, right, what have I done? Where do I want to go? And I was a big goal setter and I always have been and I, and I continue to be this day. But I set goals and I, I organically go out and achieve a lot of them, but I don't revisit them enough. So every 12 months I, I need, I would have, and I, and I do it now, but I would have at 19, at 20, at 21, at 22, and maybe as a maturity thing, um, but whatever. This is um, It's me making up what I do uh, if I have my time again. I would definitely be sitting down every 12 months and saying, right, am I on track for my goals? What are my action steps for this next 12 months? And away I go. I don't want to call it a New Year's resolution. That's It's much bigger than that. It's about what do I want in 10 years? What do I want in 15 years? Am I on track for that? Are the decisions I'm making now going to help me for that 10-year or 15-year vision? Now, comes to the last one, which coincides with a little bit of the, the last one there of revisiting the long game, and that is that 
I would have had a greater vision. People, it's amazing how high the sky is, right? When the the concept or the the um, the quote of the sky's the limit, it absolutely is and beyond. Okay, what I've been able to achieve in real estate is far beyond what I'd ever thought was possible back in 1999 when I first started. I needed someone to come to me and say, look, John, in 10 years you can be doing this. In 15 years you can be doing this. In 30 years this is what you can achieve if you just keep your eye on the ball, right? So have a greater vision. So if you're sitting there at 18, 21, 25, put it out there. Put it out nice and high and tall so that it, it actually scares you to think about it because it is possible. And and I suppose this is the premise of, of why I've done this episode is to give you the inspiration and the motivation to say, yeah, okay, I'm on track. I'm doing eight of those things already. Fantastic. Or I'm, I'm actually only doing one of those things. I need to implore maybe some of those things. But understand that the world is full of possibilities. So if you're in your 20s, you've got 30 or 40 years before you might consider to slow down your, your work or have a have a really combined work, life, travel, holiday, like whatever that may mean for you, right? Now, think about property as a concept and say, righto, if I buy a property here today at 300,000 or 400,000, somewhere around the country, doesn't have to be where you're living, in let's say 12 years time it's worth 600,000 in 20 years time it's worth 800,000 in 20 years time just with one property it's created $500,000 of work that you haven't had to do now think about that as a concept when you're trading your time for money that's roughly about 800k of earnings before tax Right, so 800k. How long does it take you to work up the hours to earn $800,000? It just blows your mind as the possibilities that you can create in property. And I'm coming to you at a time where there's a whole heap of fear on people's lips right now. It's like, oh, interest rates have gone up, the uh, running costs of my life have increased. It's stressing me out how much it costs to run the life. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but the last couple of years have been a false interpretation of what actually life is. It's been easy street for most of us. Interest rates have been low and yes, wage growth needs to increase. There's no doubt about that, but there is massive opportunity out there for you to have a really great vision and uh, see what's possible and write it down. Uh, We're in December or nearly December. I think we're in December. I'm not sure, but it's the end of 23. Write down what you want in 10 years but then write down what you want in 20 years and then write down what you want in 30 years. I don't care if you're 40 now, write down what you want in 30 years and trust me, what you write down, you can add another 10, 20, 30, 50%, even 100% to what you've written down. If it's a dollar figure, it's a if it's a property number, if it's the amount of holidays you do, just understand that you can do so much more through vision and motivation and the one word that I would use for all this is consistency. Just be consistent. Every day you wake up, you're consistent with your approach to life. You're consistent with your approach to health and fitness. You're consistent with your approach to how you treat people. You're consistent with your approach to 
uh, your, your finances, you're consistent with your approach to work, you're always looking at improving and upskilling and making sure you're getting the most out of yourself, right? So there we go. Just quickly again to reinforce, don't waste money, have an emergency fund, have structure and a percentage of savings set up and, and set and forget. Hold your property, don't sell prematurely. Number five, don't go to university. Number six, don't don't start a business. Number seven, don't buy off the plan. Number eight, buy everywhere that I lived in and some of where I visited. Number nine, revisit the long game. And number 10, have a greater vision than what I already had. I was a pretty motivated person right throughout my journey, but I needed the I needed some tram lines just to keep me in check with that, but also the ability for someone to knock me around the ears and say, look, you can actually achieve much more than that. You, you, you're not raising the bar high enough here. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, give it to me. Okay, I just didn't think that was possible. Okay, now remember that these are the 10 things for me. This is what I would have done if I had my time again. Do I regret anything that I've done up until now? Absolutely not. But I thought it'd be cool just to come on and say, look, these are the things that I did They've got me to where I am today, so I'm absolutely super grateful and and uh, I'm living an unbelievable life, got a, a great family, great business, et cetera. However, these are some things that we might consider in our own life and say, am I doing that? Do I want to do that? Why am I doing that? Am I doing that because it's the done thing? My dad went to university, so I will as well or my dad's a business owner or mum's a business owner, so I want to be one as well. None of these are good, bad or ugly. They're just making you think to, to come to the conclusion of why we're doing something and what's going to be the long-term outcome. So hopefully you got something from that today. Otherwise, it didn't cost you anything. So there it is. Um, look, if you enjoy what we're doing, Please subscribe if you haven't already subscribed wherever you're listening to your podcast and share it onto a friend. Good time. It's a festive season. Share it onto a friend or a family member that might benefit from something like this. But wherever you are in the country or indeed the world, stay safe. And until next time, take care. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Career, My Millennial Money, My Millennial Daily and Retire Right. Find these wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 